Welcome back to the Voices of Ocean Parkway. I'm your host, Victor Zaytuni, and this is the podcast for every runner using running as a medium to connect to the rest of the world. Each week, I have the pleasure of sitting down with local runners and taking a deep dive into the running scene of OPR, New York City, and beyond. To stay in the know on our latest content, be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at Voices of Ocean Parkway. This week, I had the pleasure of sitting down with a man of many titles, Ralph Nasser, as the vice president of OPR, the president of the deal chapter, and now the official head coach. Ralph plays many roles. On this episode, we dive into the emotional roller coaster of Ralph's lengthy running history, dating back to 2007, and we talk about his ten and a half year pursuit of his marathon goal. We tap into the power of running as a platform to do good in the world, to pay tribute to loved ones to give back to the community, to be there for friends and family, and to make a positive, lasting impact. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I did recording. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Ralph Nasser. And we're live. Uh, welcome, Ralph Nasser. Super excited to have you on the podcast. Super excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Like, you've been killing it on these things. Well, they've been really fun and our guests have made it awesome. But we're very lucky to have the vice president, the president of the deal chapter, and now the <laughs> official OPR head coach. So tell us, Ralph, how did you get started in running? Um, how did I get started running? So 2007, um, about a year and a half before that, uh, my father passed away unexpectedly at 51 of a heart attack. Um, so the year after that was very rough. I was, I was barely married six months when it happened. Uh, my wife, obviously big shout out to Aileen. She was my rock through that whole year and a half process of, you know, then through that it was, we got pregnant. Joel was born in the beginning of 2007, my, my oldest son. And I had a routine physical with extremely high cholesterol. And I was a guy who was always in shape, played ball three times a week, even four times a week, was never overweight. And it was just scary having a kid still dealing with the loss of my father. And it was just, it just clicked that I said, I'm going to run a marathon this year in his memory and in a way for me to get healthy. Like that's really what happened. And no, no training, no, no Garmin, yeah. no understanding of pace, nothing that we know today. Um, and it really, so I said, all right, let's start with the New Jersey half. That was my first, that was my first race in 2007. And if you don't mind me, me pausing you quickly here, why was the marathon the thing that you said, I'm going to do this in honor of my dad? Um, so my dad did run, but he never ran long distances, but he did love the marathon. So we wanted to spectate at a marathon. Like he had a friend or mm -hmm. he just said, Hey, we're in the city. Let's go watch the marathon. So it was something he loved. So it was something that it was just, hey, this is something I want to do. It's a great bucket list item. It would be an awesome thing to do in his memory. And, you know, it, get healthier. You know, basketball wasn't getting me healthy. I guess the stress of fighting with your friends in the center <laughs> league is not, is not this stress relief yeah. that you get when you're running. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so that's great. So you've decided in 2007. And I think I mentioned to you right before we, we started this call you made it really difficult to dig back into your history because you ran before social media, before like Garmin, before Strava. You ran back, and I think you. I remember you telling me this, when people just like would put on their basketball shoes and, and just get out there any way they could. So tell us a yeah, little bit about yeah. those early stages. So the early stages really it was the New Jersey half. I realized, you know, looked it up, realized it was in Long Branch. That's when it started and ended in Long Branch. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, we could just go to Deal for the weekend and run a half marathon. And no problem at all. So did it, convinced my two cousins who lived in Deal at the time. My cousin Audrey, she, she actually ran the New York City Marathon a few months before that. So she was like a little bit of guidance. She was like, yeah, I could run a half. Mm -hmm. And my cousin Jerry, who's one of my biggest running buddies now, and he never ran a day in his life either. And we just said, let's do this race, the three of us, in memory of my dad. And no training, basketball shorts, basketball sneakers, no know of what a pace is, what we're supposed to do. And somehow we finished in two hours and 15 minutes and I was in more pain than I've ever been, <laughs> but right. And it's, yeah. but that, 
that, you know, somebody putting a medal over your neck when you finish, when you cross the finish line, nothing can replace that feeling. It was the greatest, greatest day. And my wife was there and Joel, who was a two or three month old at the time was there. Mm -hmm. It was, it was unbelievable experience, right? You get the bug of, wow, I, I want to cross the finish line as many times as I can, right? You get that. Definitely. And that's on the build to this first big marathon. So how the next six months play out from there? Um, they, the way they planned it in my head is not the way they planned out for the year, right? So you kind, you kind of thinking of okay, took took a little time off after that half, ran a couple of days a week, and then you think the summer is going to come. I'll put more running in, but mm -hmm. it was still, you know, I was twenty six years old at the time. There was a basketball tournament every week. That was like Top Gun, and yep. Short Shot, and that, that's what Sundays were. So Sundays mm -hmm. weren't for running. So now Saturdays I couldn't go long because I had a tournament on Sunday, Sunday half of them. So it was kind of like. I got running in whenever I got it in. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing was, like, I laugh at myself now, is I would go running then, and I'd probably leave the house for like an hour, come back, and how was your run? I don't know, maybe I did 10 miles. Like, that's how just dumb mm -hmm. I was of not understanding anything about the sport. And maybe I ran a mile and a half, yeah, and yeah. then I was in a slow jog. <laughs> yeah, we so had no just, idea. Yeah, we, we all started that no way. No idea. It was just, yeah, it, was, it was what it was. And, and the race was really, the race was, was hell but the greatest experience in the world. Nothing, nothing beats New York. Nothing beats New York. It was just, you know, the whole process of it, waking up early, getting over the bridge at five in the morning to run the race. And I got in the lottery that year, by the way, never got really? in the lottery since, but got in the lottery. So I was like, okay. This is a and, and it was, it was just, I was not prepared for it. I knew I wasn't prepared for it. That night, my brother-in-law was getting married in deal. So I was thinking, should wow. I do it? Should I not do it? Uh, you know, but I said, you know something? I did put in some training. And in my mind, it was, let's get it out of the way. Also, in my mind, I was like, I could probably finish another four hours. Like, this is, again, how stupid I was back then. So I was like, no problem. I'll be in deal by 2.30, 3 o'clock. Like, no problem at all. And I'll feel fine. And, I'll <laughs> dance on the dance floor. Uh, I'll feel great. I'll be perfect. You know, little did I know it was, it was hit the wall very early. And... Uh, my brother-in-law, Eddie Dayen, was really my support crew because the rest of my family was deal getting ready for this wedding. Mm -hmm. It was also his brother-in-law, so he said, no problem. I'm going to spectate. He met me at a couple different spots. Cool. So that's like a game changer. It's, uh, you know, New York, it's awesome. You see billions of people running, but when you see someone you know, that's like 15 minutes of just free speed, right? Mm -hmm. That like the endorphins set in. Definitely. You just you turn into it. Something happens. Something takes over you when you see someone. So it was great that he was there, and it was he met me at the finish line, jumped in his car, got to the wedding. We were there at six instead of three. We were still there in time, but it was just, yeah, it was just unbelievable. And I was wearing my medal most of the wedding, I, I, you know, for pictures. I still yeah. look back at those pictures. They're great. That's great. So, so let's, let's walk through that last few miles where you said from the beginning, I'm doing this in memory of my dad. And, and you're also physically breaking down. How are you feeling emotionally at that point? I am crying like a little baby. I'm crying. There's tears coming down my eyes. Um, I remember calling my cousin Jerry. I remember calling my, my brother Alan and just, you know, I wasn't really running at the Victor's A. Tooney pace doing this marathon. It was, it was a slow jog walk and I was happy I had my phone with me. I was just constantly making phone calls and it'd be like, they'd call, where are you? Are you done yet? And I'm like, not even close this. And I, mm -hmm. and I was really just crying. I was like, like dad's with me. I'm like, it, it was there, right? It was, it was really, it, he was really in my heart during that during that run and it was it was an emotional experience it really was an emotional experience and i remember like somebody heard me talking and you start talking to us mm. slow runners at this point that were all like in a walk jog and everyone around you kind of had a similar story right i'm running for mm. my mom i'm running because someone i know has cancer i'm running for this and it's it's a whole different way of running right it was it was how i was introduced to it for you sure. know I finished a little over five hours. I didn't know if that was a good or bad time. I had no clue. Mm -hmm. It was just, I finished it. That's all that mattered, right? 100%. Nothing else mattered. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm getting goosebumps just hearing this because like, <laughs> even without such a deep story, like towards the end of any race, when you put in all this time and effort, it's just an emotional feeling. There's something about you that breaks down. And to have this like added cause just added, adds so much to the experience. It was, it definitely was there. It was, it was, it was an emotional experience. That's what it was. It was an emotional roller coaster because you, you set out to do something. I didn't put in the work I should have, but you did put in some type of work. You put your body through pain 
and just the experience itself, right? I've ran some other marathons now, but nothing's New York. Nothing, nothing, nothing can compare to New York. The yeah. whole vibe of it, it's just, it's the greatest race in the world. You know, I always say that it's, I, I think everybody's first marathon should be New York. You know, get that experience and suffer. Wake up early in the morning, hang out for six hours before you even run and deal with those hills. It should be everybody's first marathon. I say that all the time. The problem with that is that all the marathons after that are downhill. Like there's nothing that can beat that. There's nothing that can beat that. There's really, and and New York, so I did run New York a few times after that. New York always kicked my ass. I never conquered New York as I wanted to. Uh, But that's that's just what it was. So that's New York. This is 2007, correct? Mm-hmm. So we're currently in 2021. How, yep. Walk us through a little bit of this journey because I even saw today you went and did a little tempo in the middle of the day. You're still at it. So walk us through I'm the journey, the highs, the lows, the important things. Tell us what we need to know. Um, so we decided, me and my cousin Jerry, right, really that year, uh, we're going to run the New Jersey half every year. That's what we said we're going to do. And I always put it on my bucket list of I'm going to do New York again. Okay. So I was still playing basketball three times a week. I was still in a bunch of different softball leagues. I was, I was still active, but running wasn't the number one priority. It was there. If I ran once a week, twice a week, it was a win for me. Mm-hmm. But I was starting to start really reading up on running, reading the books, reading, you know, looking up online and understanding pace and like that. So the next half marathon, I was like, all right, I want to break two. I want to break two hours. I got to focus on a nine-minute pace and did it. The next one, I, I wow. broke two. I was starting to understand, you know, what, where I can get. And mm-hmm. I applied for New York City every single year and never got in. It's impossible. But, but New York City used to have a great policy. Three years that you don't get in, the fourth you're in. Oh, that's great. Wow, they yeah, got rid so, of that. So they got rid of that. So I didn't get in in 08, 09, or 2010, but 2011, I got in again. Mm-hmm. Um, and did put in a little bit more training and somewhere in the four thirties, I think uh, you, you looked it up. I forgot where it was, but that it was, uh, it was in that, that world. And same thing. It was, it was a good race. My New Jersey half times were coming down mm-hmm. and it was, if I got into New York, I got into New York, okay. but so this is where the lows of running were. What are my lows of running? Besides for when I was in deal, when I had my cousin Jerry as my running partner, I knew no one else who ran. So when I'm on the road, it was always alone. So 10 months of the year, I was living in Brooklyn. My runs were alone. You're solo. And you're just solo. And it's just, it's, it's, then fast forward a couple of years, 2014 was the next time I ran New York City. A good friend of mine, Sammy Antibi, was also running. It's like, hey, let's train together. Mm-hmm. And that's when running train changed to a whole different sport for me in that year. I really, so I'm running kind of on and off for seven years, but 2014, now it's where meeting on Iron Ocean Parkway, there was a couple other people that were older than us, younger than us, yeah. boys, girls that were also running from our community. I never met them, never knew them. Like Alyssa Shama ran with us, mm-hmm. never knew her. You know, hey, you guys are training for the marathon. Can I come along for a 20-mile run? Yeah, let's yeah. go. These are and the that, first that, unofficial runs of OPR, by the way. This is like yes, sprinkling the, the seeds. These are the little things. And really, I, was, I grew up on Avenue S. I really never knew that you could run to Prospect Park. Mm-hmm. Right to me, that Prospect Park is where you get in a car and go to the zoo. Yeah, wasn't a place that you go run. I didn't know it existed, and all of a sudden, one Sunday morning, we go out at six a.m. and we're running that. What do you mean we're running to the city? Like I didn't get it. No, we're running to Prospect Park, and mm-hmm. like I, I thank Sammy all the time. Like he introduced me to Prospect Park, and then how many times, how many loops I've done of that till now? Well, now I'm a deal guy, so I don't do as much as I used to. But yeah. that's the greatest training park for New York, right? You got the hills. You got uninterrupted speed. It's 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 great. And there's always uh, people that, around to keep you motivated also. Like not only friends, but you're seeing other people correct. going through the same exertion yes. every Sunday, every Monday, every, every Tuesday. Every single thing. So it was really a running change. It really, really changed. But once again, I couldn't conquer New York. I think I got my time down to somewhere 412, 413. Mm-hmm. I forgot the exact time, but mm-hmm. somewhere where my goal was to break four. And my half marathon times were coming were coming down, and then right before that race, you actually yeah. post a one forty nine half, and you and yeah. you write like now the real training begins. So at that point, it seems like you're already in the groove. Correct. You're ready for it. I'm ready for it. That's why I really thought I was ready for it. The training runs were there. All the training runs were adding up to. Um, I was below marathon pace. It's just New York, 
And it's, I, I think the hardest thing about New York is how early you're up in the morning until mm-hmm. you're finally running. Yeah. That you're really, it's, it's like half a day that you're awake and you can't get your nutrition right and you just, it's, it's, you really have to perfect New York. So, and those two years where I really thought I was going to beat New York, I didn't get in through a lottery. That's when I started raising money with SBH mm-hmm. to get into the New York City, uh, to the New York City Marathon. So it was great. I was conquering two things. I was running the, ma- the I was running the marathon and I was mm-hmm. supporting, supporting a great, great cause, cause. Yeah. and getting and getting involved in, you know, with an or- one of the greatest organizations in our community. So that's that, that's where those two years were. That's where those two years were. It was just nuts. And it's really special, and I think we everyone can really relate to be chasing down this goal and pursuing it. But how does it feel, and how do you continuously bounce back from the moments that you think that you have it, and then middle of the race you realize you don't? Um, I I, th- I think that's just what's in me. It's you know you hit a goal, you get there. Um, I, I work well goal oriented, goal oriented. Um, but let's, it all, it's kind of, it's like where I am today, right? If I say I want to run a hundred miles this month, I'm going to get to a hundred miles this month. It's kind of, it's, I wanted to beat this goal. And to me, it made no sense why I wasn't beating this goal. It wasn't like I said, I'm going to break, I wasn't saying I was going to break three hours. I wasn't saying I was going to, mm-hmm. you know, I said, I'm going to break four hours and all my training runs were there. And it was like, why am I not doing this? But why was I able to do this? And that's where OPR comes into comes into play, right? And 2016 mm-hmm. is when we really started taking off. Uh, you know, David B yeah. started stalking all of us <laughs> and putting us on chats and 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 just and so many more people to run with. Um, yeah, this was you know this was before the times of, mm-hmm. of you. I, I, when did you start running? Right, where so 2018. Uh, before, this is a few years yeah, before that. Was, that. This is thing. So. It was so I had my few people I ran with, but all of a sudden you're realizing there's so many more people running that you don't even know they're runners and they're people you see every day. Every day. Winds up being like, uh, you, you, like I always knew Ralph Tusi. We have kids the same age. Oh, you run, I run. Let's go run, right? And it, it's the same thing. Soli Elman, where we're the same age. I know him my whole life, but we were different schools. We have two of our kids of the same age. We're always friendly. Now he's he's. Maybe my closest friend, especially runner's friend, but he's definitely one of my best friends out there. And it's kind of that friendship that you build, that bond that you build. That why would you stop running? Running is when running with people. To me, it's there's there's nothing that beats it. It's a whole different sport than running alone. And that's really what keeps you going. For like sure. it's you want to be at the next run. And I think I think something really special that you're tapping into is that running becomes more than the sport. It actually just becomes like our social mechanism, our way of connecting with people. And I think that's something super special. Correct. It's definitely a whole. It's a. It's it's a whole new world that it's that you're running with somebody. You're 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 being held accountable uh, when you're running a long run with somebody. You know, if I'm running a 20 mile long run with you this weekend, I need you as much as you need me. Mm-hmm. If I don't wake up, I ruined your day. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, I got to do this alone now. And I would never miss a run. Right. If I say I'm going to be there 530 a.m., I'm going to be, be there. there. Like, you, you're going to be there. And it's and it's it's unbelievable. It's really it, it's it, and that's what that's what drives me. To, really, what drives me now is really the people around me. And it might sound corny or crazy, but that's really what it is. If I didn't have people to run with or someone pushing me or someone that I'm helping them get further in mm-hmm. their racing career, running career, I don't think I'd have the motivation to do it the five, six days a week I'm doing it today. I really don't. For sure. And that's something I'm like super excited to get into soon when we talk about <laughs> how you've transitioned to coach and to mentor and to all that. But we're in 2016 now, the year yeah. where we finally did it. Yes. But early in the year, we talk about September, you took a shot at Lehigh. Yep. And at Lehigh, right after the race, you write, today was the toughest race I ever ran. It was hot, air quality was horrible, and I took a tumbler on mile eight, but I pushed through. People always ask me why I run. I run for many reasons, mostly for my family and a memory of my dad. But this run was also in honor of two amazing people, Sherry Soror and DJ Cohen. These two superheroes were the best part of the summer and have been a huge inspiration to me and my family. I'd love if we could unpack this. Let's talk a little bit about the race, but also about the value of that these two people have added to your life and the and like how lucky we are to have had DJ in all of our lives and what Sherry means in your life now. So 
DJ has been a friend of mine for a very long time. Um, so definitely when, when I found out he, he got stage four pancreatic cancer, it was devastating to us. Um, that year was also the first year I went to uh, the SBH Disney trip as a trainer that February 2016 mm -hmm. and Sherry was was there and she made a speech and of course I was close to Soli and we got a little closer to Sherry and that summer um, my my third child Albert who was nine now so was he five or six at the time he fell in love with her and mm -hmm. he's still in love with Sherry and they call themselves boyfriend and girlfriend you know Sherry as a joke calls me her father-in-law and that. we were with Sherry the whole summer and we still very very close Uh, an amazing family, the biggest inspiration. And I was with DJ a lot that summer. And it was just like uh, DJ and I, we, during the bike for high trip, we, we drove it and supported the cyclists and, you know, spent two days together, just the going through nature, right? The, the bike tours we were doing in a car and just stopping mm -hmm. and looking over uh, these amazing views and, you know, also taking him to his chemo treatments. I really spent a lot, a lot of time with DJ that year. Um, and Sherry and Sherry, obviously. And then Lehigh came kind of, it was a week after the summer, it was September 11th of, of 2016. And that race was, it was 103 degrees. Oh my. There's no way, there's no way to think it was, I got to the starting mm. line and you know, everyone's texting me of Ralph, you're kind of screwed, right? Everyone yeah. was kind of like, you're going to run this. And I was like, I don't know. There was the, the start line was like, half full. I was like, wherever, where is everybody? Nobody's so showing up people are, at 103 show. degrees. I wouldn't go either. Because <laughs> it, it's a big uh, BQ race. A lot of people mm -hmm. go to Lehigh to BQ, right? Yeah. It's 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 a it's a good flat, beautiful course. A lot of rubble you're running on, mm -hmm. and from mile eight, they're kind of telling you, "Hey, get off the course. It's 100 degrees." There was a bus at every mile. Oh my! There was a bus at every mile, uh, and then at mile 11, all of a sudden it was also it's a half marathon, full marathon. So at half the half at mile 11, they say, "Hey guys, two miles to go." We'll give you a half marathon medal, and we'll give you a half marathon record time. We'll change yeah. your race to a half. Mm -hmm. No problem. So in my head, I said, all right, this is what it is. Yeah. I'm dying. There's no air. It's one of those, you know, summer days that's yeah. just, you can't breathe. And you get to mile 13, and you could either run the .1 mile to the left to finish the half or finish the whole marathon and go right. My head was telling me go left, but somehow I went right. Wow, and it was it, and I just remember thinking, I was like, "How can I quit?" Right? That's everything that DJ and Sherry were teaching us from that day of Disney through that day was, "Don't give up, never give up," because I can. It was, it, and, and what I'm trying to teach my children. It was like, okay, I know I'm not going to break that four hour time, but mm -hmm. why am I quitting? And I just I couldn't quit, and it was another emotional roller coaster. Sure. It, it was it was a lot of tears. It was a lot of What am I doing? And it was, it wasn't New York. Lehigh, you're running alone. Mm -hmm. There's nobody cheering. You're running, you know, gorgeous views. You're really one with nature. You're running with a lake on one side and a forest on another. Beautiful, beautiful view. It's really a gorgeous course, but you're kind of alone. And most people were leaving the race. So there's not even that many runners around you, right? There was maybe a runner 50 yards behind you, runner 100 yards in front of you. You're trying to keep up with him. Then you're trying to keep up with the next guy. And it was kind of what it was. But once I hit that feeling of this isn't about my race time, let's slow it down. And I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm doing this for so many people. And really just to show that never give up attitude, which I couldn't yeah. give up. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go full force. And it was fun. It was just it was a fun race. And I remember crossing the finish line. DJ was the first person I called. And I'm just tearing. And he's like, and he's, you know, DJ's like, I need to see a picture of you tearing. I remember I took a picture of myself crying and yeah. sent it to him just because he needed to, he needed to see it. He needed to see it. I was like, I don't show anybody now, but, but that it, there was no way like that race is with the, all the races I ran, nothing will take, nothing tops that, mm -hmm. like nothing tops that one. It was just that emotional roller coaster of that was the hardest thing I will ever do finishing a race in that heat i remember going getting to the hotel when the race was done jumping right in the pool and you're sitting in a pool with <laughs> 30 people who also ran the race yeah. and 25 of them are like oh i, I quit at mile eight mm -hmm. i quit at mile 12 and i think there were three of us that finished the race and it's like wow it's like and i'm there with guys that were wanted to you know bq people who want you know you're looking at 
crazy top athletes are like, I'm not running in this. And I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. why? Because you're not going to break your time. You're not going to run it. I was like being that little big shot. But I was really, I was like honest. Like, you're here. Finish the race. Yeah. You started, finish it. So that, it was definitely a, a, it was an emotional roller coaster. But it was, it's, I'd still one of the great, that, that post that you read on Instagram, if I'm ever having a, like a down day or I need a pick me up, I'll just go read the comments that people gave me in that post or even go to my Garmin, right? I love the Garmin, the post in my Garmin, just what everyone's saying. And, you know, even like I was I, I, in my old phones, I used to have them go back to the chats and people tell me, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Don't race. You know, and, like people are actually trying to talk me out of it. I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to do it. And it was, it. it was, it was just great. That's everything awesome. about it. So a lot of people see that heat work this hard and say, okay, I'm going to find another race in the next month or two. Most people don't try to race two two races in that two month span. So how did that decision come about? And tell us about finally cracking four. Ten years, six months in the making. Wow! What does that race mean? So after that race, you know, I took a couple weeks off, and I said, "All right, I'm going to go for a run, and I'm just going to see how it is." Mm-hmm. No, no goals in mind. And I wound up running twenty miles at a good marathon goal pace. I said, okay, I feel good. And this, this is all Soli Elman. Soli's on me. Soli's on me. Ralph, sign up for Philly. So I, I go maybe. I go, I don't know. Two weeks later, I do another 20-mile run or 21-mile run. And Crazy. again, crushing. So he's, and he's stalking me personally mm-hmm. on Garmin, on the chat in front of everybody. Oh Ralph, sign up for Philly. Ralph, sign up for Philly. I said, you know, I'm in. I just said, you know something? I'm in. Done, I'm you can in. get in. Philly is an easy thing, but, you know, we had a great weekend. We went, we went for the weekend. We went for Shabbat with our families. We did the whole Philly tourist thing on Friday, the Liberty Bell, the Mint. Every, it was a great family weekend, mm-hmm. and we ran Philly. And, if, and, of course, by the way, that Saturday, the day before the race, when we're at the hotel, we're sitting outside. It's like 72 degrees. Race day is like 22. Like, it was a 50-degree oh drop. It was just <laughs> hilarious. It was just I remember, I remember Ralph Tusi texting me like, just like, if Ralph Nasser's in a race, I'm not in. I'm not in. I'm out. Too hot or <laughs> too, too cold. cold. It was like, it was master of disaster. But Philly was the, now the only marathon I ran was New York and then Lehigh, right? Philly mm-hmm. was even easier. The hotel was up the block, right? It was, yeah. you woke up, it was cold. There was a, a shuttle driver that drives you to the start line. Mm-hmm. The shuttle driver, she goes to, she goes, listen, it's freezing out. Don't worry. Hang out inside the hotel. Great. I'll take you five minutes before the race starts. Awesome. So now it's like, oh, great. So like you use the hotel bathroom. You mm. drink in the hotel. Like there's – it was – everything was just perfect. We really – it was – we showed up to the race. We said the – you know, we listened to the national anthem. The gun went off and we went. There was no – there was no that pre-race jitter. There was no just hanging around doing nothing. It just worked. And I was feeling great. And it was just stick to the plan. Break four. Right. And because mm-hmm. I was even telling Soli, I'm better than four. I'm feeling but it great. Was more of, yeah. yeah, you know, he, it was more of let's just get this demon off our back mm-hmm. and let's just break four. So it was just we have it by running a full marathon at a, you know, nine minute pace. It's, it's a conversational pace. We were talking. We were having a great time. That's we were awesome. screaming DJ and Sherry's name. We were we were just it was a blast. It was just easy. And the, the whole race was a breeze. There was really not. There was not one point in the race where I said, uh-oh, I don't think I got it. It mm-hmm. was really just, I got this. Soli has my back. We're going to kill it. And I think there's the video on Instagram. You see me pass the finish line, and I scream. Mm-hmm. like I was like, <laughs> yeah, got this one, right? It was it was just like a huge accomplishment for me just to, just to get there. And it was it was amazing. And to and to be holding Soli's hand in, in the air crossing the finish line, you know, that picture is in my office. I look at that every day. It's just it's awesome. It's really special to be able to chase goals and to chase it side by side with a friend and and to finish hand in hand like that is something awesome. And something I'd like to transition to is the experience that you had with a group of people, whether from OPR and SBH, pushing Sherry through an entire marathon. Where did that come from? And how does that experience relate to everything you've worked on so far? Um, I I don't know. It's, so that February, right after um, that Philly race, was the next Disney half. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, now I was feeling good. I was putting in a lot of mileage. I was confident um, that as a trainer, uh, it's nuts because I looked at on my Garmin run recently. 
Uh, I did 21 miles in that 13 mile race. Yes. And if you know that, it's like if four you know hours. That hill, <laughs> it was yes, four so hours. I, was on, I looked it up. I, 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 did, I did a four hour half marathon. So <laughs> it was, and I hung out by the hill, um, you know, oh, that mile God. 10 to 11 hill. And that's all I did, run up and down, finding the runners, bringing them, and, mm. and slowly push Sherry. And it was just, and he just came up with this idea of we're going to go to the New Jersey and we're going to push Sherry in under four hours. <laughs> I was like, yeah, good. Sure. Sounds, yeah. Sounds amazing. And it was just, but also that, that just going back to that February of being with everyone and pushing everybody up that hill, that's when that thing came of me helping somebody else run and the joy you get out of it and the the thankful you get out of it. It's yeah. tr- being a trainer in SBH. I'm sure you heard the stories. It's very hard training high school kids. It really is hard. And that year I also had a high school kid who took to training, but he really put a role on me. He was like, yeah, I'll go run nine miles, but I need you to run with me. He wouldn't do anything alone. So I, I was meeting yeah. this kid every Saturday night on J and Ocean Parkway. Oh my gosh. And we were running between eight and 12 miles. And the kid put the work in. He was the fastest kid to cross the finish line of mm-hmm. the high school, got an award, and he walks off the stage of the award and, and gives me the biggest hug in the world. That's and I'm awesome. like, like that's when that kind of, uh, yeah, this is what's it about. This is where, this is where I want to be, right? And it just, mm-hmm. so that's kind of like t- 2017, it was, me and Soli called it the give back year. Like we had this yeah. little thing where you go back the next month in March, we decided to pace 12 runners in the New York City half to break two. Mm-hmm. And wow. and if and then we, and then after we finished that half because we were training for the New Jersey we ran home finished in New York City we ran oh I mean, it was God. it was a cra- it was a crazy it was a crazy year 2017 it really it really mm-hmm. was and it was I remember we I think out of the 12 guys that we paced I think 10 of them finished right under two hours uh, Richie Shalmi I remember was we were pushing him at the end he was like 40 seconds to a minute too slow. And he was so happy with his time, his PR, but it like, mm. we wanted to get him there. Yeah. So then like, we'll go to that. Okay, no problem. Sign up the New Jersey head. We'll do you know, that. You know, we'll do that. And and he actually ran with us the first 13 miles of pushing Sherry in the full. And it was the, it was the funniest thing in the world. He forgot his Garmin at home. He had no clue what was going on. Oh my God. We were, we were telling him to keep speeding up when he was running too slow. And he winded up finishing that half marathon in an hour and 51. Oh my God. Yeah. Serious no, time. Insane. Yeah. It's, 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 and he still thinks me and Soli every single day. It was, it's because they, that whole, we were just saying, keep up with us. Keep up. You're doing great. Don't mm-hmm. worry. Keep up with us. And I remember we got to that turning point. We were going full. He was going half. And he was like, so you think I'm good at Richie? You're fine. You're like, you got 15 minutes to spare. Mm-hmm. Take your time on this last mile that you yeah. got to do. It was, just, it was, it was, it was just amazing. And then, Pushing Sherry was, again, of course, in true form, by the way, that didn't go as planned either. We were killing it. Mile 18, I sprained my ankle. Oh, no. Tur- tur- turned my ankle in that race. Actually called my cousin Jerry. And I said, Jerry, I'm at mile 18. My ankle's killing me. You know, the New mm-hmm. Jersey bull, you're running through deal, right? You're, yeah. you're local. You can call anyone who mm-hmm. lives local. So he goes, no problem. I'll meet you by Bradley Beach somewhere. Mm-hmm. He parked his car and he said, "I'll push Sherry." You know, Soli was exhausted. We had to rotate. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's just you Jerry, two. It's just you and Soli. Uh, it's just me and Soli now. I thought there was a group. Okay, so it's you and no. Sol- oh my so god. So the group. So the group was the group was the half. Okay. The first thirteen miles, I think we had like twenty runners from the community running the half. Oh. So anybody who was near us, they came and took a picture with us. They, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they pushed for a little bit. They hung out with us. But once we hit mile twelve, it's mile twelve twenty six was just us so jerry shows up at like mile 20 throws me his keys and says my car's over there don't hurt your ankle drive home once again that same never give up thing i said no 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 no. i'm I'm gonna try to keep up for sure solely really was on i said solely was like ralph the goal is to push sherry on the four i said go i said go i'll be a little bit behind you i was Mm -hmm. like 10 minutes behind them and they did it and it was so special it was great and i you know it it took me out of running i think i was off for two months after that because i did tear a ligament in my ankle but it was uh it was worth it it was definitely worth it but the crazy thing is with how everything turned out and not getting in through lotteries i haven't ran a full marathon since that's my last (laughs) full. oh wow so you know and i don't know if that's a good thing or a bit i was supposed to run it this year i was my goal was to conquer new york in 2020 but it didn't work out 
Well, from everything that we've seen recently, you are in some of the best shape of your life. So hopefully when races come back, you will not just conquer, but crush New York City. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, the, uh, 2020 is probably my best running year I ever had. That is that is for sure. So something that you said, and I'd love to like dig a little deeper into this, that 2017 became the year of giving back. It's the year where you found out and discovered through experience that running with others and helping others get their running goals means so much more than everything that you're going to chase. And I think we all experienced it, probably almost everyone that's going to listen to this, through some part of this summer or the previous summer going through your training program. And now you've officially taken the steps to become an official coach. I would love if you could walk us through a little bit of how this came about. How do you start with taking over the track sessions? How do you get everyone into these goals? And then in the past year, why did you take that official jump to now be a certified coach? Um, So in 2017, obviously, those few experiences were between Disney, between Sherry, and and just getting people over that finish line, conquering their goals because of the help I was giving them and the thanks I was getting. So I knew it's something I wanted to be. 2017 was also the year where it kind of happened organically, where my oldest son, Joel, started running. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, he ran the SBH 5K in the summer, just killed it, won his age group. Mm-hmm. And he just, he always saw us run. He goes, I want to, I want to take running more seriously. I want to take running more seriously. And in September, we got back to Brooklyn. We were still in Brooklyn at the time. He started running in the local races. Mm-hmm. And Prospect Park Youth Track Club, which is a big, yeah, it's a, it's a USATF kids track team. They they recruited him. Hey, you want to be on the team? That's great. And the the first time they recruited him, I started getting all the info. I was like, I don't think we could do this, right? There's, it's you, your practices are with kids who are going to public schools. So practices start at two thirty, three o'clock, mm-hmm. um, and you know the races are all over the country. Uh, I have four yeah. kids. You're not my only <laughs> one, right? I it was kind of thing, but. Yeah. It was, it was after there, then there was a second time where there was another kid that said, no, the coach will work around it mm-hmm. and figure it out. Just come, come to the practice, come to this. So I said, yeah, let's give it a try. Sure. And, and now you're watching, you know, his team had about six or seven different coaches and you're watching the way they were coaching children in a way and the track workouts we were doing and just the have fun, confidence, one foot instead of the other, no pressure. Uh, it, and I was running with them a lot, right? It was, mm-hmm. I wanted, I helped them out a lot of the days and it became, it was, I did tell my son, Joel, I said, I'm going to give you one year. Let's see where it goes. For sure. And I committed to it where I left work every, every Tuesday and Thursday, I left work early, picked them up from school early. He was at mm-hmm. Flatbush. Flatbush was so accommodating. That's great. They let him leave school twice a week early, got into practice. And it was, we were, he was competing nationally. We were running cross-country races all over all over the country right wow. most of them were in van Cortland park which was easy but then his team made the national championship and actually won the national championship wow. in north carolina that's so cool yeah so it it was an amazing amazing experience and it was just and then it went into the indoor track season and i was i really and i spoke to his coach a lot and i really was just saying this way of coaching of so like their long runs would be do a loop or prospect park and go get lost in the park while you're there. Obviously, mm-hmm. take one of the coaches with you. Yeah. Go have fun, right? That was kind of like what the run was. It wasn't about – there was four coaches. A lot of times I helped just because I volunteered of, hey, Ralph, if three kids run to the right, just make sure someone's watching them because mm-hmm. you can't have a bunch of 10-year-olds <laughs> running through Prospect Park alone. No. But it was kind of that thing. And then the and then the indoor track part of it where it kind of like shifted to no rules to rules – but keeping it fun at the same time was mm-hmm. I, that's when I really fell in love with those track workouts. I was like, wow, these things are great. I started doing it with them and I was getting better. I was like, wow, track is a whole, whole, whole new, whole mm-hmm. new world. Right. So, and then it was just, so that was like 2017, 2018. And then it was always, I was always running with somebody training somebody. It was, it was Jackie Eskenazi, Eshko, uh, if you know, him. Yes. you know, he's a deal guy. No, he was my babysitter when I, cause I, I was born at deal. You know, he, he goes, I moved to deal. He goes, Ralph, I want to run the half. I want you to train me. And it was, once again, I was like, I'll train you, but I'm better if I run with you. Like, that's really For what sure. it turned into. I said, so you tell me when you're available and I'll work my schedule. He goes, no problem. I could run Friday at 3 p.m. I get great. Let's great. by there. the Asbury Boardwalk. And we did a 10-mile run. And we did this 
I think we did 10 weeks straight, and he demolished it. His yeah, goal again shout was, out to Jackie. Was he start- crushed his goals. Yes, he crushed it. He was in the high 140s. He broke 150 when his goal was to break two hours, and it was just, you know, it was, once again, like, I go back on these things. I, I go back and read his Instagram post and how much he, he thanks me. And, no, my whole life, you know, it's just we still talk about it. And sure. that and that was kind of just, okay, how do I get there? Then I always mm-hmm. said I want to be a running coach, right? I said, how do I, and I looked into it, and it's a lot of work to become a certified running coach. And it's, you know, it's, it's 18 mm-hmm. hours of classes, passing a test, and I really never, never got to it. I never got to it till, till this year, right? So then to that motivation and pass on of COVID, right, 2020 sucked in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. But in, in a lot of ways, 2020 was awesome. <laughs> as <laughs> nutty as that sounds. For sure. Right? So if we go, it's pre- pretty much about a year ago, almost to the day, Everything shut down, right? Mm-hmm. I'm in wholesale. Everyone I did business with closed. closed. All the orders are canceled, right? I'm home. I'm stressed. I'm confused. Um, no clue what the next day is going to bring. Yeah. Scared, you know. And then you could bring everything else going on in the country mm-hmm. that over that three four month period. It was just an election year, a social justice year, protests everywhere. It was a scary year, regardless of what side you're on of anything. Mm-hmm. It was just. And like, it was kind of like our identity was taken from us. We're, we're all stuck home now, you know, yeah. where our days where we go to work, you know, you're, you go to school, you, this was all taken away from us. And mm-hmm. the one thing that I said, wait, I have running. Yeah. I have running. I live in Deal. When I go running, that's the good thing about living in Deal in the winter. I don't see anybody because people were scared in the early months. It was, do I run with a mask? Do I run with groups? Do I go outside? And I was like, I'm running. And yes, a lot of it was alone at this point, which is fun, mm-hmm. but I'm running. Yeah. And I was like on running streaks. I wasn't stopping. I was like, let's put in speed. And then, you know, as spring came, uh, all of us who were quarantined together and my, my deal running club that we kind of put together a little before quarantine. So I had Mark Dweck, mm-hmm. great triathlete, uh, Ironman, and Danny Kaplan. And th- those are my long run guys. My cousin Jerry, he's not a long run guy, but he's my speed guy because mm-hmm. he's speed demon and it was just every day running 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 and then 2020 i really said okay this the one thing i had this year was i had time to train (laughs) i had time to train i had time to train at any one schedule it Mm -hmm. was i could run at 2 p.m i could run at 4 p.m i could run in the morning it didn't it didn't matter so i just started saying okay i'm gonna have a new you know with uh dsn we said let's put together a uh virtual half marathon Mm -hmm. so the four of us that were in deal and there was a few other girls who ran it also that ran it on their own. We just said, let's Sunday, let's go out and crush this. It's awesome. And we put in the work and, and we crushed it and PR'd that time. And it was just, let's continue, you know, continue that wave. Like 2020 was, it's, I'm probably in my best running shape. Thank mm-hmm. God I've ever been. And it was just more, I think I, I understand it more. I understand what my limits are. I'm, I'm a little bit more out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that came from the speed workouts and seeing, and just that I'm not just running for fun. Now I'm running for, I have a little, I got a little bit more goal oriented mm-hmm. in, in 2020. So you almost became a student mm-hmm. of the sport. It wasn't just like, I Correct. am going to go out every day and hope that the magical formula works for me. It's like, I'm going to figure out what that formula is for me and make it happen. Correct. And then, I always told David Balciano I would love to do track workouts. We brought Coach Kane in a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it worked great. But I just said we, we, every now and then is I go, I think it should be a weekly thing. Uh, yeah. And he really, it was all his doing. He all of a sudden posts, who wants to join me at Mammoth Track for a workout? I don't think he thought that 10 people would all of a sudden go, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm you in. You think I'm you're in. getting three so, people at this point, exactly. by the way. So, so then I get a phone call and he goes, Ralph, there's 10 people coming. Uh, I just follow my Garmin of what my Garmin <laughs> tells me to do on a pre-workout. Yeah. And there's some speed demons coming. I said, just tell them what to do. I said, I'll be there. And right. I went back into like the notes that I wrote when I was when I was with Joel. I was looking back into the different speed workouts that I enjoyed doing running. And I said, okay, I'm going to put them together. Some of them are going to be on the fly. Some of them are going to be a, just like the warm-up and start-up and everything. And it just it clicked. Yeah. And and I and everyone was enjoying them, and every week more and more people were coming. And then we were even making two sessions. We had a seven a.m. and an eight a.m. Mm-hmm. And it was, and that's really when I said, "I go, 
I told David B, I was like, I have to become certified. I go, I'm telling people what to do, but who am I? <laughs> right? I said, I want to learn a little more. I want to get this certification down. And I think we went 12 weeks straight where we didn't miss. Yeah. And the funny thing was is like at, at the end, we did like a 5K around Lake Tech. You saw the, the, the guys and girls who committed to track every week. Crushed it. You saw their times. They crushed it. They crushed it. Like you saw the work that, that – they put in and how what they got for it like they're they, mm. they, they reaped all the benefits of this track work and once again like that feeling for me is is unbelievable like it didn't didn't matter most of them are faster than me that, that, that that's fine i you know the ones that were slower who cares it was more of they were two minutes faster than they were the week before yeah. and i think that's what's amazing about runners is everybody does understand it is a pr and you know somebody mm. to go from 25 minutes to 24 minutes in a 5k is just as huge as someone going from 19 to 18. Sure. And you, it's, it's just, and I love that whole thing. So all of a sudden, the, the good thing about these, the coaching part of it was the classes were always somewhere. You always had to travel to a two-day class. Mm -hmm. Now all of a sudden I get an email that says, hey, Ralph, we know you're interested. We're doing the classes on, on Zoom. Zoom now. Great. I was like, whoa, whoa, okay, I'm interested. Mm -hmm. Then they're like, well, it's 18 hours on Zoom. Uh, I was like, okay. And it's going to be done over two days. So it was two nine-hour sessions. Oh, my God. I was, like, I was like, all right, this sounds intimidating, but you know, uh, why not, yeah. right? I, 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 could, I, I scheduled to make it happen. It worked. It was mm -hmm. one weekday. It was, a, it, was a, it was one Sunday that I had to do it all my life. Just Sunday, I'm out. You know, that's it. You, know, you take the kids out of the house. I got to be on Zoom and concentrate and I really learned a lot in those 18 hours, right? It was a little stressful. I had to take For a sure. test at the end. Haven't taken a test in who knows how long. <laughs> a lot of years. Got, got a 93. I was very, Woo! very happy. You know, good. Okay, good, so you didn't just pass. We, we actually should be trusting yes. you. You did well. Yes, you, did well. You, should, you, should, you should be trusting me. I know, I know what I'm doing. And the biggest thing I learned in taking that class and becoming mm -hmm. certified and it's even when I talk to runners now, like when somebody says, hey, I'm running a half marathon in four months. Give me a training plan. It doesn't really work that way if you want to have a coach. It's really every single runner is different. Everybody's body is going to react to be different. Every runner has hobbies they want to fit into their schedule. It's not just really, you know, it's, it's not a cookie-cutter class. It's mm -hmm. more of, you know, I'm always helping a few different people out at the same time, and I'm looking at their runs and asking them how they're feeling. For and sure. you'll talk to people that, like, they still want to play basketball and they still want to play tennis. And, you know, it's – before my class, I would probably say, no, you should stop playing basketball. You're going to injure yourself. You yeah. want to focus on your now PR. You like, do it's, it. more, it's, it's more of, no, if you like playing basketball, play basketball. Just, you know, be smart. Don't do a crazy hard speed workout the morning of your Wednesday night league, right? It's, it's more of making sure that people don't get turned off by the sport, really work it into their life, and it doesn't take away from any of their hobbies. Like, that's their, it's really, it's more of an emotional connection that a mm -hmm. coach is doing. Than a physical. Anyone could say, hey, follow a plan. Oh, you want to run 13 miles? All right, start with six miles every weekend and bring mm -hmm. it up. That, that anyone could do. It's more of how do we get there and then how do we find out what your, really your goal should be? Definitely. Like you say you want to break two, I, I think you could break 145. Why, why you want to break two? Right? Yeah. It's kind of that and then mm -hmm. push them to get there and make sure they're having fun and that it's never a stressful, never a stressful environment. For sure. And I think that actually digs back to 14 years ago when you started running that I have this goal for a marathon, but I still want to play ball three times a week. And I still want to do these Correct. tournaments on Sunday, turning running into something that's not everything, but a part of your like bigger picture is really important to everyone to like for longevity. Correct. Correct. So my biggest point of running is definitely health, right? I am, I am, my fear is to have the life my father had, right? Just 51 years old, click done. And God forbid, I, don't want that happening to me or anybody. So it's more of this is a way to stay healthy. Um, it's where, yeah, we have demanding jobs. Some weeks are harder than others. Mm -hmm. I have four kids at home. So the, the life of being in four basketball leagues doesn't really work anymore, right? The, the days of doing whatever you want doesn't really work anymore. Enjoy them mm -hmm. while you can right now. Um, <laughs> I am, I am. It, you know, it's kind of – and running turned into that healthy lifestyle – that I can do whenever I want. And it's like, when I have to go on a business trip, to me that's like, oh, I get to run in somewhere new, mm -hmm. right? It's you fit it in. It's, yeah. it's, oh, I don't want the long run to ruin the day, no problem. I have two people in Jersey that run with me every Saturday morning at 6.30 in the morning. 
I don't mess up anyone's day. Mm-hmm. I'm back. Everyone's still sleeping. Yeah. And it's, it's a way to, it's a way to have that run work life balance, right? That run work family life and fit it all in. Running is the only sport you could do. There's no other sport that's going to give you that, that freedom to really have all your hobbies mm-hmm. and be part of your family Make sure you're working hard in your business. Make sure you're supporting your family. Make sure you're involved in your community. Running gives that to you. Running gives that to you. 100%. And to me, it's I want everybody to know that, right? It's it, I go nuts, right, when I was a trainer at an SBH meeting and be talking to adults who are running behalf. Mm-hmm. But in the time, oh, I don't have the time to run. I hate, you don't have the time to Everyone run. Everyone like, can get the time if it's important. It, you know, okay, you don't have the time to play tennis. I get that. It's hard to get a coordinator. I go, but I go, then I, and I start getting in their head. It's like, What's your favorite TV show? Oh, did you watch it last night? I go, oh, you have time to watch an hour TV show, but you don't have time to run. And it's kind of like you mess with people, mm-hmm. but it's like everyone has time to run. It's, it's, you can run whenever you want, before work, after work, in the middle of the day. Everyone can find time to run. And that's always what I try to get to anybody. Definitely. And something I'd actually love to build off while we talk about this and, and, talk, and training others is – how your relationship with your son may have shifted as you got to like see him as an athlete, as a son. And in terms of like other parents now looking at their kids, because a lot of parents are going to listen to this. How can we be, I love how I say we, I don't have any kids. How can parents, um, how can parents push their kids, but at the same time, like be sympathetic and loving? Where is that boundary and how do you toe the line of that? Um, so the lucky part was, Joel came to me and wanted to run. And so, and it's, and it's funny because I really wish more kids in our community ran. Mm-hmm. I, it's, I really think it's That's where just, I'm going with all this, by the way, like about how do we make, get more kids in our community yes. to run. So how do we, how do we, it's like, how do we get more kids in our community to run? Because it's, it's, a, it's great for their health. It's great for their fitness. It's, they don't need to be the best basketball player or, or football player or anything. They could just, they could be a runner. And it's, it was with Joel, it was great because he had that drive, mm-hmm. but it was also hard because he had those days where he thought he could do better, or he might've thought I was pushing him too hard. Cause I was like, Hey, you should break 21 minutes in your 5k today. And if he didn't, it was a very hard, you know, mm-hmm. it was hard to navigate. And like, even now it's like, this year is a perfect, uh, example. It's there's no races for him, right? There's nothing for him in terms of running. So he has no drive to run. So like if it's a nice day outside, I'd say, Hey, you want to go for a run? Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no, but he really hasn't run Mm -hmm. in the past year. He kind of stopped running, but he's a kid. He can pick up running again. He's not going to lose all the fitness like someone my age would, but that's, but that's kind of fine. But I think kids do need those races. They need that goal oriented. And if they have it, it's really just supporting it and don't push them to do it. They're going to push themselves in a race. Like that's, that's what kids are going to do. If they're going to go to a race, if they could think they could beat the person in front of them, they're going to beat the person in front of them. You don't need to scream from the sidelines, catch up to that guy. You can, you don't need to. And mm-hmm. yes, you do see those type of parents out there. They do exist, but that's, that's my point. It's, it has to be fun. It has to be fun. And as, as a parent, it's, Hey Joel, you want to go running? And if he says yes, it's as far as he wants to run at mm-hmm. whatever pace he wants to. All right. You only want to run a mile. Like kids his age, that's all they want to do. They want to run two maybe three miles. They're not going out and running 10 miles. But if I'm able to have a Sunday morning where I go out for three miles, come back, pick them up, do another three, drop them down and do another three, that's a great day for me. For sure. So it's it's it's, it's definitely, I say this every year, I, I spoke to Charles Anthony about it in SBH, of how do we get more kids to run, right? It's kind of, SBH does an amazing job with all the 5Ks, with their mini marathon, with the, with the SBH half marathon. And there's always a couple kids that take it to the next step and do take it seriously, but how do we get more? Yeah. And my my feeling is really track teams and things like that. And it's also I don't know if, I don't think I have the time to make it happen, but being a running coach, that would be my dream. Mm-hmm. Right? To have to have a, a track team that's that's competing on these levels, right? That I saw it, that there's these like that I saw it with when Joel was on that team. It can't be that hard to do, but it's how do we get the parents and the kids involved. Definitely. I think our community is very basketball focused, right? Hockey focused. They're not running focused. Mm-hmm. Maybe the parents are. Yeah. So I think a tricky subject. Yeah. I th- the reason I bring this up and the reason I think it's a really important topic in our community is we have a great network of basketball players. We have a great ne- network of hockey players and all these other team sports. But 
there are very few opportunities that open up that, that where doors open up post the high school level. But running is a way where I think we can open the door for our community. And so this is the second time in the show I'm making a plug for one of the high schools in our in our community or one of the programs to start it. And whether that starts like a track coach in our community, whether that just starts with parents sort of opening the doors for their kids. I think this is something really important for the longevity of our community in general, sort of like open more doors. Completely agreed. Completely, completely agreed. It was... with kids i think it does start with the parents i think it's having more of those races right if there was a there was a weekly thing so this summer so all all, there's shore ac does a 5k every monday night Mm -hmm. this past summer they didn't do it because of covid but i had eight kids with me that would pick up pretty much every single monday night and hopefully this year it's something i can continue doing Mm -hmm. right it's your your the kids the kid race is only a mile and if they want they could run the 5k definitely and we advertise it like crazy through OPRs, social media, and David B and word of mouth. And we do get a good amount of people, but they come once, they come twice because again, it's on the parents to get the kids there. So yeah, the pressure is on the parents to get their kids there. I could only pick up so many. So <laughs> maybe I need a bus. Maybe that's yeah. the solution. We'll rent you a, so bus. a bus. We'll do rent it. It'll be bus. great. I'll, I'll drive the route. I'll pick up everyone. But those are the things. And, and especially to the kids that aren't the best athletes that don't make the basketball team, that don't make the hockey team. Running, it's, it, it's, it's a game changer. It's such a confidence booster. Mm-hmm. It, it really, it really, really is. It was, you know, Joel was an okay athlete, wasn't the best athlete, but I think running made him a better athlete, right? Now he's in flag football and everyone knows that he's the best guy, mm-hmm. right? Where he might've got, he might've been an afterthought if he wasn't this runner, but everyone knows, oh, no one could beat Joel. He's known as the best. Sure. So you just pitch, pitch the ball to him, let him run. It's kind of like an yeah. easy play. So it, it gave him that confidence of, I have something that everybody else on the field doesn't have. This guy might be better than me here, but he's not faster than me. Yeah. And, the, and I tell this to Joel's friends that are great athletes, and they think I'm crazy. I'm like, guys, if you put in any running work, you could probably be faster than Joel. Joel mm-hmm. gets mad at me when I say that. <laughs> but it's really, but it, yeah. some guys, it's true, some guys, it's not true, but sure. they can compete with him. They can mm-hmm. get there. Definitely. They could they could win their age group, right? They like these are the things that and like to Joel it was a huge confidence booster because there's not that many kids that are doing what he's doing. He has more age group award trophies than anyone I know. He's got them mm-hmm. in so many different places. Sure. So it was so it's kind of, and it was a tremendous confidence booster for him. Definitely. It gave him an identity that he had that no nothing else had. And any other kid who does it, so a few of our like my, my Jerry's kids run. And like, because we're very into that running, and you just see the confidence they have, and how much they enjoy doing it, and running the races, and getting the medals. But it's it's kind of like they need to want to do it, but then as parents, we really need to push them there and get them there. It's a little bit of both, in a way. Yeah, and I think that's really important. Is that everything you're saying about confidence and the way that it carries it over to everything outside of running? Correct. So this was sure. extremely fun, and I loved chatting everything. But before we tune off or log off. Can you give everyone a reason to lace up and run today? Today was felt like 50 degrees outside <laughs> today. So today, anyone who didn't run, there was something, there was something wrong with you. But uh, the most important thing, it's health and fitness. It's social. Uh, find a running buddy. Find somebody to run with. You know, call me, call Victor. We'll run with you. Yeah, I can guarantee you that. I can guarantee you that. So it's and really just there's no reason not to run. What else are you do? What else are you doing? Yeah, the last few weeks with ice on the ground might have been a little tough. Today, you know, you saw my run today. The reason why I ran today is because I got a phone call that said, it's 53 degrees, you'll feel right now. Why are we not running in shorts and a t-shirt? So now my thing was, yeah, uh, pick me up in 10 minutes. There's no reason why I shouldn't be running today. But that's that's the same thing. Put one foot in front of the other. You're going to live longer, you're going to feel better, and you're just going to be a better person. To be running as long as Ralph has takes a great deal of motivation and commitment, but as he highlights throughout the episode, it is more important to have good friendships and supportive people in your life. So take advantage of the OPR network and reach out to a running friend today. After this episode ended, Ralph and I continue chatting on all the goals and possibilities that lay ahead for our running, but also for the community. 
If you are looking to chase down a big goal or to put one on the calendar, whether it be your first 5K, first marathon, or cutting some time off your previous PRs, reach out to Ralph. He is an incredible resource and is always there to help. And if you want to get involved or think it could be cool to set up a youth program in the community, let's make that happen. You can learn more about Ralph by digging through his old Instagram post at Yankee Nets or simply DMing him and asking. I love and welcome any feedback and recommendations. You can reach me on Instagram at Voices of Ocean Parkway or shoot me an email at VoicesOfOceanParkway at gmail.com. Until then, this is the Voices of Ocean Parkway, hoping to catch you on the roads of OP soon.